Cool. So Eden has read um, verse 1 to 4, uh, to 4 for us. Thank you, Eden. Um, and let's read chapter, uh, verse 5. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on the street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth. That is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. When you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need, even before you ask Him. Pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. And when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do, for they will try to look miserable and disheveled so people would admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, that is the only reward that they will ever get. But when you fast, comb your hair and wash your face. Then no one will notice that you are fasting except your father who knows what you do in private, and your father who sees everything will reward you. Moxie. Okay, hi, how are you guys? So uh, given the, the title of from Matthew chapter 6, 1 to 18, and given the titles, this is how we should pray. When we were in groups, who do you reckon who, who prayed the most godly prayer just then? Who prayed the, the prayer that actually most acceptable to God? Uh, we get, need to be humble. No, of course it's not me. <laughs> it was a conversation in church, all right, uh, talking about prayers. So there were pastors, deacons, elders, and, and, and professors in the seminary. It was in church, right? And the deacon said, oh, the proper way to pray is down on your knees. Well, that's, that's pretty appropriate. But pastor said, no, we should be praying standing with our outstretched arms and, and our upturned eyes, you know, anticipating, you know. And uh, the elder says, no, I think we should be praying with eyes closed and head bowed. What do you reckon? And professor says, um, no, I think, I think we should be praying with, uh, I mean, uh, our, our, our hands uh, claps in front of us with two both our thumbs pointing downwards. I don't know why downwards. But there was this, uh, somebody came along, a young person came along. He said, look, look, they overheard the prayers. He said, I, 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 I remember that um, I fell off my bike last year, middle of, middle of nowhere. It was winter night, and I kind of broke my leg. And, and that part of the, 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 there was no coverage. No, I couldn't reach anyone with my mobile, mobile phone. And I tell you what, that hour or two, it was the best prayer in my whole life. So what do you reckon how we should pray? 
Should we end up in that sort of misery before we can actually offer uh, a godly prayer? And maybe sometimes, you know, we, we, are, we are praying to God with the most earnesty and honest, honesty in those difficult times when nothing we can depend on. Now, I think the, the passage that we have just read, um, either both Eden and, and uh, Francesca has read to us, um, is really uh, shown us that Jesus has taught his disciples to pray in a way that is pleasing to God, the Father in heaven. And this passage uh, is showing us today here in New Zealand, here in PCBC, we should be praying according to what Jesus' instruction, in order that our prayers to be acceptable in God's sight. The Lord's Prayer, I think we're all very familiar, okay? It's, it's recorded in two accounts in, in the Gospels. One is in Matthew, we've just read, and the other was in Luke, okay? And, and why, why the, the liberal differences there? And I believe, it might not be exactly true, but I believe because Luke said he was writing that in an orderly account, so he was, he was writing so that the, the, the guy who received or the people who received the gospel, Theophilus, um, to know and believe that and what he actually heard was true. So Luke was recording things in a very logical, uh, in a very timely way. And, and so that I believe that what Luke has written was more kind of, accurate in a sense and for Matthew it was it was kind of he wrote the gospel later than Luke okay and at that, at that time there was the church he was actually was writing to the, to the people in the, in the church in the Christians and disciples in the early church and it was more like um, applying what Jesus teaching so that the, they can apply it in their daily lives okay so, in a way, um, it's more application from Jesus' teaching, okay? So, you see maybe a little bit more explanation and how, how the way you, you should pray. But nevertheless, I believe that those, the content of, of, of the, of was really from the will of Jesus, okay? And by the now, I, I think you have known with, you know, both Pastor William and other, others have shared from, from Matthew, and you, you all know that uh, the Sermon on the Mount, they are kingdom ethics, okay? It's not something that we, we do in order to get into kingdom, all right? It's something because we have entered the kingdom, we have believed in Jesus, we have this, we're following Jesus, and, and we receive this new life in us, and this, these the teachings in, 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 the sermon, in, in, in the Sermon on the Mount are ought to be the ethics, the kingdom ethics, okay? And ought, we will never be perfect. We will never do it. We could never fulfill it perfectly. But, but as last time what Pastor William has said, not perfection, but wholeness. You know, this is something that we ought to, by the grace of Jesus, by the power of God, we ought to practice. Okay, this is how we should pray. And in the context of 
when Jesus was teaching his disciples how to pray, I believe there's something very striking, very clear. And in verse 2, it says, it was giving the instruction to the gift to the needy. And in verse 5, and taught the disciples how to pray. And in verse 16, it was instructions about fasting. You know, all three verses there, it was something like, when you give, do not be like the hypocrites. When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. And when you fast, do not do as what the hypocrites do. That means when we pray, when we give, when we, when we fast, be genuine. So when we pray, we should be praying with genuineness, sincerity, honesty. And that's why the, when, from the beginning we said, you know, maybe at the times when we're really down to, you know, this, we're in this helplessness, we are the most genuine at that time. But often, you know, when we come to church, you know, we, oh, we think we do, we're doing pretty good. And sometimes, you know, we, we, because there's something we can depend on, there's something we can lean on, and, and we don't lean on God. And, and we don't have that honesty and sincerity that God looks for. So let us um, learn from Jesus, okay? And, and, and Jesus, just, just interesting how Jesus te- taught his um, disciples to address God, okay? Our Father, who, uh, who is in heaven. No, you know, how, how you address someone, it really shows what your intention and your hearts. Okay? I don't know about you, but in my days, and I went away, I was right, I had to write letters to my father because I was separate from my father between year three, three years old to about 20. Because he was a national army officer, so when the communists came, he got arrested and deported out in the wobbles. Okay, so I, I left. I left China when I was about three, um, and then, and I went back to China to see him when I was about twenty. Okay, and and um, when I was about thirteen, when I came to New Zealand, uh, mom asked me to write letters to him. I, don't, I didn't know who my dad was, you see. But I was instructed to write a letter to, to address him like this. Wow, if you could recognize some of these Chinese characters, you know. I'm not, I wasn't, I wasn't, wasn't instructed to, to address him like Papa or Daddy, but, you know, a very formal, formal Fu Chan. You know, it's not even Papa, it's Fu Chan. How, how many of you call your dad Fu Chan? Come on. <laughs> and I was, I was told to address Fu Chan Dai Yan. What's Dai Yan? The big guy, you know? Uh, and and what's, what's that? Satha. Satha, that's on my knees. So this is tra- translation. When you write, when I was, was supposed to write my letter to, to my father, who I'd never seen, I couldn't remember, my father with respect on my knees. And, and what? What could you write after that? You know? Got to be very formal. Just look at the title you're addressing someone and you, you, it really, you know, dictates what you're going to say. But 
Jesus taught us to address God as our Father in heaven. What does it mean? What kind of significance we have? How does it direct our prayers to Him? Let's look at it. Our Father who art in heaven. Father. Okay. When Jesus was speaking to the disciples, He was speaking Aramaic. Okay. It's kind of like Hebrew, but it's a little different. A little bit different. Okay. Um, and this, this is the Aramaic is up, up, actually, A-B, A-B, okay? But they put a vowel in there as Abba, okay? It's, it's very Chinese, isn't it? Abba. How many, how many would, would call your daddy Abba? No, that's, that's, there's two Chinese. You just call daddy or some, you even call them the names? Anyone? I think we should have some sort of respect. Yeah, you don't need to call Fu Chan, but you can say daddy, you know. Papa, okay? And, and this is the Greek word, pata. Huh? Um, but for the Jewish understanding, um, the father figure is, is quite, it's a little bit like Chinese. You know, he's kind of higher up. He's the head of the family. I mean, he, he has a certain authority. So in, 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 in the Jewish understanding, when Jesus was addressing God as the Father, they, they would have no... It's, it's not the way that Jesus was meaning. So because in, in, the, in the Jewish literature, what they call the rabbinic literature, the rabbis, you know, the Jewish teachers, they, 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 realized, they, they thought that you know, God... Yes, somehow Israel was called the sons of God. Okay, in Exodus... 22, um, uh, Exodus 4, 22 to 23, Israel is my firstborn, okay? And in, in other prophetic books, uh, uh, Israel and, and Judah was called God's sons, okay? But in a way, their understanding of God, the fatherhood, it was more like a filial kind of obligation. And what Jesus has presented our Father in heaven is something was quite new. To the, to the people, to his disciples. It was this one, one this biblical scholar called Joachim Jeremias, um, quite famous uh, scholar. And, he's, and he said that um, Jesus has discovered a new sense of intimacy in the presence of the Father, one previous, previously unknown in Judaism. And Jesus' Abba prayer echoes the language of children, thus express, expressing the fam familiarity and the intimacy of a child trusting in his or her father. So in a way, it, it says Jesus has put a whole new meaning to the Jews who never knew that kind of intimacy for the fatherhood of God. That's why in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus was teaching his disciples in verse 11, God is your daddy. He provides. So you can go and ask him for your daily needs. And in verse 12, he pardons you. He forgives you. So no matter what sort of sin or debts, you can go and ask for forgiveness. And in verse 13, even in the temptations, in the evil, we, he protects us. 
This is what daddies do. Now, I think our understandings of, of daddy can actually affect our understandings to our God. Okay, if, if we have harsh daddies, and it, it might just, you know, cause us to think oh, God is the God, God who, who, who actually punished just like my daddy does, did. As I shared, I never had a daddy, so I had no understanding of fatherhood of God, you know. I, you know, I, I came to Christ, and I, I only knew Jesus, you know. And somehow, Father was too, too far. <laughs> this Father is too far. And it's just unknown. And I never knew about this, this intimacy. All this time, I was trying to do my best just to please him, as just, just like a good son should do. It took me a long time to kind of, kind of get, get a taste of this intimacy of coming to daddy. But for those who have daddies, normal daddies, <laughs> you're very blessed. And you, somehow you could see, you catch, you catch those moments with the intimacy with daddies. You know, sometimes when daddy would take you out for supper, and sometimes when you're sick, come, daddy come embrace you. And those, those are the experiences we could learn and, and, and appreciate our daddy in heaven. So we can come to him asking for provision. We can come to him asking to ask him to forgive. And we can come to him, ask him for protection. And he's our daddy. And not just that, he is not just an ordinary daddy, he's a daddy in heaven. What does it mean? That means he is out of this world. <laughs> All right? Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Our daddy is in heaven. So his name is not, is, is holy. And, and his kingdom is in heaven. And his will is already obeyed in heaven. So it's this heavenly and this earthly thing. It's a contra direct contrast. All right? So in heaven, his name is hallowed. In heaven, he reigns. In heaven, his will being done by the host, uh, the angels and, and the heavenly hosts. But here on earth, his name is not hallowed, reverent. His name, his, his will is not being done. His kingdom's not, not reigning in this world. And, and our prayer is that we are to hallow his name. We are to honor his name. We are to, to, to pray that his kingdom will, be, will arrive in this world and his will be done in amongst us. And this is our prayer. Okay? So how do we, how do we, what does it mean when we, when we pray to our Father who art in heaven? I believe it means that we should trust and we should 
obey. Because he is a most loving father. He's not, most, he's not only most loving, but he is most powerful, almighty. Because he, his, name is, his name is holy, and his kingdom is reigning all over, and his will is being honored and done in his, in his heavenly realms. And we have the responsibility to allow his will be done here on earth. And we, we have the responsibility to, to proclaim his kingdom here on earth. And we have the responsibility to, yeah, to, to honor his name. So we should trust that all, he takes care of all our needs and he, our lives are in his hand. And we should obey what he has done, what he has commanded us to do. So this um, very old hymn is called Trust and Obey. I don't know how many of us know that hymn. Trust and obey, for there is no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Uh, it's a very, very, yeah, I mean, we, we, we grew up with that. And somehow, yeah, I think it's a very good reminder. If we pray this prayer, your hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. It really means that we can trust in him because he is the father in heaven. And, he, and, and, and we can lay all our cares onto him. And that's why in the later, later on in the chapter 6, Jesus said, commanded his disciples, do not worry. Look at the, feet, the lily in the field. Look at the birds in the air. You know, we need to trust in him. If we call him the Father in heaven, we need to trust. We, not, we need not worry. And, and please remember, do not worry is a command. It's not something like, Oh, Julianne, are you worrying? Oh, look at you, how poor, poor little girl. Oh, come on, just cheer up. It's not that, you know. When Jesus said, do not worry. I mean, if I tell you, Julianne, do not worry, that's, I mean, oh, pastor, you, you're okay. You, you had many years of experiences, but, but you don't understand my situation. But if Jesus said, Julianne, do not worry. That means he has the authority and he has the, the power and he understands you and I can truly learn to trust and I cast all my cares unto him. So when we pray to God, remember that he is our father. He knows our needs. But yet he's a heavenly father. He's all-powerful. He's all-knowing. So we can trust and we are to obey. And thirdly, he's our father. He's not just my father. Okay? So all the, the teachings when Jesus was uh, you know, instructing about the prayer in verse 12, he said, forgive our, our trespasses, not just our trespasses, but forgive our, not just mine, so, so that we forgive others. We all do wrong. We can, we can sin against each other. And Jesus knew that. 
Okay? And that's why when we pray this prayer, when we pray to our Father who art in heaven, we are to recognize that we are fellow disciples, followers of Christ. And we are fallible. We are sinful. And we need to forgive. And this is something that we need to forgive and forgive and forgive until Jesus comes. 70 times 7. All right? And verse 14 to 15. If you forgive others, other people that when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. If you don't forgive, and your heavenly Father will not. So when we call Jesus our Father, we recognize that we are the body of Christ. And in the gospel, it's all, there was lots and lots of records of you know, his disciples was competing one another, who wanted to be greater than one another, and, and, and who you know, have conflicts between themselves. And they're very exclusive in a sense. For those who would not you know, gather with them, and they, and they just, just felt that they were not with, with them, and they just, they just asked Jesus, you know, they're not with us. And they're very, very exclusive. And I think we all ought to learn we are one in Christ. Even though in, in English service, I mean, there are some who speak Cantonese better than English. We realize that even though this is English service, okay? And there are some who, who speak different, you know, come from various places. And not all of us are like, like one another. You know, we, are very, we can be very different. And in PCBC, we have Saturday and Sunday services. And, you know, I think we ought to realize that even though we have our own span of time and, and, and here we, we worship and fellowship together, but we should, we've got to realize that, you know, this family of PCBC, we are very we're different, you know, but we're one. And we strive. You know, we have opportunities so that we can communicate, we can fellowship with others in this family of God. It's okay to be different. It's, I mean, God is, is a God who is, you know, creates the rainbow with seven colors. It shows his diversity. You know, imagine the rainbow is all red or all purple. It scares you, right? Yeah. There was, uh, there was this uh, uh, report from this American Psych Psychological Association. In this meeting, there was two. One was a journalist and one was a professor in, in, the, in a university. They presented a finding. They was, uh, had this survey about um, 11 major symphony orchestras in the U.S., they interview various sections of the musicians. They're asking about each other's comments, okay? So there was, in this, these uh, orchestras, there were the per percussionists, you know, the one who hits the drums, you know, or the gongs and things like that. And the other, other musicians commented about these guys were insensitive, unintelligent. They, they, all they could do is just hit, 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 
okay? They're hard of hearing stuffs, you know? It's so noisy, okay? So, and, and, they, and then they presented the other's comments about these uh, string players, the cellos, the violinists. They are arrogant people, stuffy, okay? They are unathletic. Most of them have fat tummies, tummies, okay? And those bass players, they're loud, just, yeah, they're just loud, okay? And, and for those um, uh, playing the uh, trombones, uh, oboes, and all these, and flutes, okay, they were a little bit better, okay? But somehow, um, they describe as fuzzy, quiet, a bit egoistic, okay? Now, imagine, with all these different comments against one another, how could orchestras play music and let alone great music? Oh, you can ask Raymond Chang. It focuses onto this guy. In midst of all the diversities and different opinions and different, different expectations, they have to look upon this conductor they have to put their own opinions and their expertise down just to look at him and listen to his instruction. And then they could play great music. In church, surely we have differences. But we are to look up onto Christ, the head of the church, Yes, we have differences. We have different ways of doing things. I mean, born, guys born in New Zealand, very different from guys even come from overseas, even when we were teenagers. Yeah, very different. But we have the same Lord. So let's uh, yeah, learn. Let's learn to pull out, you know, put our differences aside. Not saying that we we're to to neglect ourselves, you know, we, I, am, I am me, and you are you. But in Christ, we can, we can learn to accept, we can forgive, we can work along. All right? Just like the early church, okay? So learn from the disciples. Go sell your car, go buy a Japanese car, a Honda, actually. And every time, try to do your best, all right? Do your best to carpool, because... Acts 2 says they were all together in one accord. <laughs> so learn. And, 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 you know, different people, different ways of doing things. But, yeah, even the civic's not good enough. All right. Odyssey, get away. Accord, accord, all right. Yeah, this is, this is, this is how God has saved his people and put us together in a church. Imagine, you know, this is where we can learn to forgive. If I'm by myself, how, how, how on earth am I going to learn how to forgive? This is where I'm to, I'm to learn how to accept one another, to work with people different from me, to listen to different opinions, all right? To learn with bear with 
people that are different from me, annoying people. This is where God has placed us. In 1 Corinthians 12, 13 to 14, for we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. This is how we should relate to one another. Our Father who art in heaven. I mean, it's good to have kids, right? If there's no kids around, I mean, we all, you know, we all, we, we all have this, our perspective as young adults. I'm so glad you see, I see I've, there's a lot of young people was actually engaging with Eden and, and Harmony and, and Rowan, you know? It's good. It's good, eh? Yeah. We're all one in Christ. So when we pray, our Father who art in heaven, let's come to him with genuine heart. And just come, Daddy, I have my needs today. But at the same time, we know he is a heavenly Father. And as we pray, we realize that there are brothers and sisters who are different from me who pray the same prayer. To finish, there is, I'd like to quote a story from, from the Jewish rabbis. You know how the, the Jewish history was pretty, pretty difficult, all right? Many of the times they were actually being attacked. They, they had the, the, the nation, you know, invaded and, and, and the temple demolished and people deported, okay? But they, they, the, the rabbis, they had some, 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 some literature was recording. There was a, a prayer about a prayer. It says that, um, how is it with a lily? When she's placed among the thorns, a north wind goes forth and bends her towards the south, and a thorn pricks her. And a south wind goes forth and bends her towards the north, and a thorn pricks her. Yet, for all that, her core is directed upwards. It's the same with Israel. I think it's the same with us, right? Our core is upwards. No matter what, no, those, those things, are Anne and I, how do you pronounce I don't even know how to pronounce it. They were like um, taxes was... Uh, opposed on, uh, on them, imposed on them by, by foreigners, Roman, Roman uh, kings, and some of the laws they had to obey, all right? And uh, their hearts are directed towards their Father who is in heaven. No matter what we are facing, our core are upwards. We're in core our Father, who art in heaven. So in your groups, if you have time and there is something you can share, how is our attitude and, and pattern of prayers com compared to the Lord's Prayer? And maybe you want to share some intimate moments in our prayer experiences, the moments that you really, you really felt that Daddy was embracing you, 
and maybe some convictions and transformation from our prayer experiences that really changed my life. Let's pray. Daddy, Heavenly Daddy, our Heavenly Daddy, thank you that we can call you Daddy. Even no one in this world understands us, even no one in this world can help us, Daddy, you're here. Thank you for knowing me. Thank you for accepting me. And thank you, Lord, not just me, but my brothers and sisters here in this church, in this service, and in other services, and in uh, brothers and sisters all over in this city, and in different nations. We can all call you Daddy. Thank you for this assurance of our sins being washed away through our faith in Jesus by His grace. Lord, help us to continue to pray according to Your will. In Your name, in Your precious name. Amen. <laughs>